feel it coming in the air Yeah, yeah there's screams from everywhere Yeah, I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who goes this town Hey, welcome into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live. It is Monday, the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday. We are live back here in studio. Demi Lachey, Dougie B is also in the building, like always, as always, I should say. And Kwame Lasseter should be stepping in or calling in anytime soon here. But yes, it is Monday. The Monday right after, I call this, you know, Black Monday. It's the official last, uh, the first official Monday after football season has ended and now it's time to criticize the Super Bowl, see where we're at for next year. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all that start, it starts over. It starts over as a whole new year. Today is the day Super Bowl 50 is now in place. Yes. And now, you know, the ball got passed over Roger Goodell, passed the, the Super Bowl uh, football fandom. I don't know what it is. It's a deal that the football uh, NFL does year from year from passing on the city, passing on the torch, basically, kind of like how the Olympics do it. They passed the football. <laughs> so football comes is now leaving Phoenix, Arizona, and heading to the Bay Area, heading to San Francisco. Um, but before that, it was a great game last night. It, it was it, it kept me intrigued, and I was happy that wasn't a uh, blowout, I guess you could say, from like how last year was. Right. From beginning to finish, uh, I was tuned out. The commercials kept me upbeat, but – yeah, it was a great game. I think it was probably the greatest Super Bowl I watched in quite some time, probably since the Cardinals and the uh, Steelers, that last oh, drive. Um, bad memories on that game. Yeah, I bet. And, Ooh. well, I can't I can't leave out the New England and Giants games as well. Um, but, no, I think it, last night was the greatest game, the greatest Super Bowl I've watched in quite some time. Um where do you, where do, you, where do we yeah. begin? Honestly, and that's the thing, man. It was it was such a great game as far as the score going down, literally to the last seconds. But the controversy around it now. I mean, so many different, a couple different plays. One with cursing the catch to even put them in that position late. Okay, yeah. But then the play call at the end because that that's what everybody's talking about is this play call that I Bevel, <laughs> and, and I don't know if it's Bevel, Bevel if he's French. I'm just gonna call him Bevel. That he put in there mm-hmm. to throw the ball and not give it to Marshawn on the one yard line. I don't think it was really his his overall call. You got to look at the head coach in that situation with twenty seconds to go. The offensive coordinator, I know he has two plays in his head, probably three: a play action, a run, and a straight quick pass, which that's the one they went with. No hesitation on that one, but. The head coach got the final call. Like, coach, are you okay with this? Do you want to run this play? Oh, no doubt. And they're going to talk about that. And that's what mm-hmm. Carroll's talked about in the in the interviews after is is a fact of he's taking the responsibility. But as a head coach, that's what you're going to do on is take that responsibility. Now, switch things around a little bit. That play works. Seattle scores. They win the Super Bowl. Guaranteed, Bevel's going to be more of the guy that made that call. And Absolutely. Carroll's going to be, yes, I approve that. You know, I let him make that call. He's a great play call. Um, it was a perfect call for that defense they had. But that's the NFL. That Absolutely. is the NFL in a yeah. nutshell. When it comes down to the line and you make that call, you're either the hero or you better go hide for the next few weeks until stuff dies down. Especially, I mean, 
eBay is going to have a lot of Seattle merchandise on it right now because everybody's trying to get rid of that stuff that they just bought last, uh, you know, last week. So probably last <laughs> night with twenty seconds to go. <laughs> I know I was I was on my way to getting a hat or something from Beast Mode, but now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to wait a week or two. But I mean to go along with you're right. That's how coaches become great, legendary coaches right. when they make a play call and you know it's fifty fifty chance. But at the same time. You still, this is the Super Bowl we're talking about. It's not like the AFC Championship game. It's not the wild card game. It's not about a game getting into the playoffs. You're talking about the Super Bowl right. and the championship game, the last game of the season. You got to dwell on this for a whole year, for a whole summer to the draft. I'm upset by Pete Carroll. I'm upset with the offensive coordinator, the offensive move, whoever playing. I'm upset with Russell Wilson. Because you make yourself legendary, give Peyton Manning that play call. Give Tom Brady that play call. They're going to look in the backfield. They're going to turn around, look at beast mode, and say, check, 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 right up the middle. I don't care if Russell Wilson, he will find another job if if it goes that down. I mean, Pete Carroll will have his back and say, you know what? We caught a pass play during that time. I'm glad Russell Wilson made. He's Russell Wilson because he's Russell Wilson because he switched up. He knows the situation. It's 20 seconds left in the Super Bowl. You're on the one-yard line. And you still had a timeout. So even if he ran that ball and changed the play, checked it down for the run play, mm-hmm. you still have a timeout. You still can recuperate. But on the flip side, you're telling me Russell Wilson did not see Butler <laughs> coming down? There's no way as a quarterback, you're looking at your receiver the whole time. You had to see now, him. Yeah. Throw the ball away. Now, I'm gonna Don't tell try you, to force yeah. it. I'm going to tell you as a receiver and as an offensive player, a former offensive player, that ball, that, that, that play. Now, Russell Wilson is not all his. I, can't, I don't want to put the blame on him. Yeah, you should have seen the guy break on the ball. But at the same time, he's coached and he's taught to put that ball in that area. No matter if who makes the play. I, I've been told that. As a receiver, you got to go catch that ball. You got to go make that play. I don't care. You throw your body in front of him. You got to bat the ball down. If you know that DB is making that play in that situation, you got You have to as a receiver. Now, another thing Russell Wilson could have done, which he, he was coached to do, put that ball in that area. Whoever makes the play makes the play. That's, the, that's that type of play call. Right. And at the same time, the tight end or the guy who was in front of, uh, who was a locket, who went out, who was trying to catch the ball in the play, Right, I think it was curse inside of him. He has to make Brandon Browner make his guy run into the guy that's covering Butler. Yeah, he has to make Butler uh, hesitate, get in his way. He make his guy get in Butler's way, so a certain jump on the ball does not happen at any time. But Browner, you know, he held up. He held up curse, so that wouldn't happen. No, the and Patriots did the a great job. They knew stacked receivers. There's only one play you're going to do. Right. You're going to do a pick. And 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 an inside receiver is going to come in, and Malcolm Butler made a tremendous jump on the ball, yep. no doubt about that. But at the same time, Russell Wilson he put the ball where he's supposed to put it. Right now, and even with that, with Curse getting jammed, if mm-hmm. Curse doesn't get jammed, we're talking a whole different ball game. Now we're talking touchdown by Seattle, and I'm, I'm I would still be pissed. Like why the heck? Why would why in the world would you still throw yep. the football? I don't care if he would have caught it. I don't care. I would have been like, you know, I would have caught my breath. Like, okay, that was close. But now you look at it as, as, wow, like you got to go a whole year with this. And as as much as we look at Butler stepping in and doing a great – I'm not going to take anything away from Butler. That was a great catch for him to step in front. But you still have to look Browning. He made that play possible in the beginning. Yeah, of course, because he held up the guy that was trying to make a pick on his guy. Right. Kwame Lasseter has joined us here on the lines. Mr. Arizona, Mr. Phoenix, 
you finally getting time to break. You finally get a get a little time to take a little nap. I know what you're doing. Good to have yeah, you on I'm the glad, line. I'm glad this uh I'm glad this Super Bowl and all this stuff that was in the valley <laughs> that everybody was so excited about it, even myself. Yeah. It's gone now. All the oh, excitement. Yeah. All the excitement kind of just made me so much tired by Saturday. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna I went to Kevin Hart show and after that I was gonna go out. I was like, man, I'm tired. <laughs> and then the Super Bowl yeah. is coming the next day. But you know what? Today, All it, it's almost like an adrenaline tired. dump now because you had so much excitement, so much stuff mm-hmm. going in the valley. Now, Monday, you just kind of go, ah, it's over. It's done. <laughs> you know, and there's nothing to do now. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, which is, you know, back to normal. And sometimes back to normal is, uh, you know, I talk to a quite a few people talking about, okay, we got to get back to our normal life, which is nothing but work and doing all the stuff you have to do and not mm-hmm. the stuff you want to do with the one to do stuff with the fun stuff we did through all this fiascos and these activities that we had going on throughout the last two past two weeks and which was fun it was just fun in itself but as you get older and after a while you enough is enough you can only go out so much unless you're just that person who loves to be out and want to go out after a while you even get tired that person even gets tired and then you had Super Bowl your Pro Bowl Super Bowl on top of that we had Barry Jackson we had the Open which Mm-hmm. It rained. It wasn't the best Arizona weekend as far as the weather was concerned, but you know you still had everything you wanted to do and needed to do out here to get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. But before as you was calling, I know you heard us. We was talking about uh, the play, the worst play call in NFL history. May I add to that, mm-hmm. Doug? Yes, it was the worst play call. It was the worst execution on the play. Mm. And you know, I'm still pretty. Pissed off Maybe. about it. I don't know if it's because I'm a Colts, is it that Colts fan. I tried to put that away. Honestly, I did put it away because I look at Tom Brady. Yes, he's he's the goat. He, he's a goat. I hear what you're saying. He's you a know, goat. What, I hear what you're saying. Because yeah. you're a Colts fan, and oh, you played him a lot. But yeah. no, no, seriously, I, I want to root. I want to root for the Patriots, but Patriots fans are so idiotic. Oh they my are so god, stupid. They they just don't know how to be <laughs> fans. They they are fanatic. They. A Patriots fan, I just came to the conclusion last night. Patriots fans are worse than Oakland fans. Oh, they are, I in know. my opinion, they are Whoa. worse than Oakland fans. Time out. Did you not they, see Seattle fans they around? Act like, <laughs> they act like they don't care about the game and if they lose, it's okay. I don't care anyway. <laughs> but when they win, they don't they man, they go crazy. And then they they just bright. I had a like I got a friend that went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Alabama because how he always talked about it. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I know, and, and then I started respecting Alabama. I said, hey, it ain't got nothing to do with that idiot. He's an idiot, but yeah. you know, he was a great football player though, also. But everybody, you don't bring all your excitement into somebody's face. You don't, you got to have some reserves so I don't smack you in your face. It's what almost happened a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> but you, I just didn't like some. I don't like some teams because of their fans and how they act. And I, I like this nonchalant when they lose or somebody cheated them. But when they win, they go crazy and they get in everybody's face. And I see it. I'm like, that's not how you be a fan. That's not how you be a fan. Now you were talking about maybe the worst play calling, but in that worst play calling, we had we had something great happen to uh, Butler. We had um, absolutely we had uh, maybe the best player in two bowl history. Absolutely. Of, Absolutely. I agree with that. And what makes it so mm-hmm. special, uh, especially <clears throat> for me, was the guy was went to junior college, went to didn't get drafted, mm-hmm. wasn't even a starter, came in and made a huge play. He he made that play with no hesitation, no mm-hmm. reservation whatsoever. Yeah. He saw it, react to it, uh, and made that play. 
And you also got to give uh, you also got to give a thumbs up to Browner who who didn't allow that pick route to work. You know, back to the play itself. The yeah. play calling. Why would Pete Carroll call something like that? Or maybe <laughs> he gave his um, offensive coordinator that carb blunt to do something like that. Who's going to be head coach in Atlanta next year? And when he's gone, the Seattle Seahawks, not only the fans who's loyal and show up to every game they do, have, uh, that's going to be a setback. It's going to be a drawback to what you just created. That, that, that monster you created in Seattle, that, that brashness you created in Seattle, now you have some division where there's offense and defense. You have some division. And it's not so much the player's fault. It's who made that call and why you made that call. I got my Sean Lynch, and I give you my real quick, so I don't talk your ears off about this. I give you my opinion on it. it was, one, it was a dumb play. Mm-hmm. Two, because Marshawn Lynch held out early in the year, and and how he played throughout the year, I've seen games where they stopped giving him the football just so he didn't get his numbers up last year so they could say at the end of the year, well, look here, your numbers are down. We don't have to pay you. We paid you. Uh, we could have fired you all the money you held out at the beginning of the season. Right. But Marshawn Lynch is what makes that offense go. We, I know they got Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson, he's just a pretty good above-average manager on the quarterback position. He's a manager. He has great skills, but he managed the game well. Well, I said all. He has some uh, some ability where he can get out of the pocket and make things happen. But he's still a manager, in my opinion. That offense runs through Marshawn Lynch first mm-hmm. and foremost, the running game. You're on a one-yard line, if, even if you're that far, and you don't hand the ball off to one of the best backs and the lead. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Rhetorically, who is the best defensively? We would say it's Seattle. We would say Seattle's one of the best defenses in the league. Well, Marshawn Lynch is not playing against them. He's playing against the New England Patriots. Now, I understand Ron Wolfolk is over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that. He's a dominant force. But if I'm not playing against the best defense in the league, in my opinion, I'm going to get a ball to who arguably the best powerful running back that we have in the game. That pound for pound, compared, yes. Pound for pound. <laughs> compared to a... Um, What's the uh, Houston Orleans uh, running back? I can't think of his name right now. Um, but pound for pound, the best, most powerful, elusive running back that you can that, that you can have on the team, and you don't get him the ball. Okay, that's one thing. You didn't want to pay him. You went. You don't want to say he's the MVP. So you give him the ball, and all the nonsense happens. Another thing uh, that I looked at, and it's not this is not conspiracy. This is just me talking crazy, and just my opinion of it. You want. Because I think of his managerial skills, Russell Wilson, and because I can only only look at him like that, even though he's a great talent, drafted in the third round, came out of uh, you know out of Virginia, North Carolina State, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Even though I see him as that great manager, he would not lose games for you, but he'd keep you in it. And then you have that defense on the side that will win games for you. Well, let me throw a slant pass for a touchdown and make Russell Wilson. MVP if we win this game. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of brashness and dumb play calling and too much too much thinking on a play that you shouldn't have to think about. I got Marshawn Lynch. I got an offensive line who um who who's been blocking well for him all year since he's been there. Mm-hmm. I'm giving the ball off him two times. Then I got one timeout left. Three things. Or I just go into the read option and let Russell Wilson lose his legs or let Marshawn Lynch uh, spread them out and let Marshawn Lynch do what he does best. Right. The one-yard line, how do you not give it to your all running back on the one-yard line? He's the best running back in football, pound for pound. He might oh, not have a, he might not have the numbers like DeMarco Murray, but pound for pound, he runs pound that ball hard. Yeah. And my thing is, they say he was one out of five from 
within a couple of yards uh, this year running the ball and well, scoring yeah, a touchdown. So but I'll take that stat. Yes, but I will take that stat because guess what? I still have a timeout. I can still exactly. use a timeout and then reset again. So I'm going to give that ball to him, give him that chance, because if we get in there, we just pretty much solidified that game and won the Super right. Bowl. If not, I have my timeout. I'll use my timeout, and we'll regroup, and we'll figure out the next play. Exactly. You, you got to put I, it. I like that. Yeah. You got to put it in your best offensive player's hands. At the and, end and of the game. And they thought that was Russell Wilson putting it in his hands. But that quarterback touches the ball every time he's out there. He's the, he's the second guy to touch the ball. He's the, he, he and the center are the most important part of that transaction. And when that transaction works, you give it to the man that you know who's going to dominate. Mm-hmm. That was not Tom Brady who was throwing that ball. That was Russell Wilson. And if Russell Wilson had any more years on him, what is this, his second year? If he had Third. any more years on him, Third year. Third. he would have been smart enough to call a timeout and say, no, we're not running that play. We feed the ball <laughs> to my son. Or like we were talking I, yeah. about earlier. Or even check it. That's exactly Just, what I said. I was like, let Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, a quarterback like that be in a situation with, with a guy like Beast Mode in your backfield. Right. You're going to be like, time out. <laughs> Are you coach? You, <laughs> or he, it, might, check, he it, might check to another play, which <laughs> play he won or Well, I saw some different coach. How can you argue with that? Yeah. And it's a bunch. Of, it's, we got about a minute left before break. We got a, It's a bunch of simulations like you could have thought of. I know that I thought of right away. Um, you quickly, like, what was your reaction as soon as that play ran? Like, how did you react to Doug? Like, I was dumbfounded. I was, I was dumbfounded. Up. I mean, I just – like I said, as an offensive and a defensive guy, I <laughs> yeah. couldn't see, I just couldn't believe what I saw mm-hmm. with that play call. Um, and I'm calling it right now, Seattle's not coming back again because they're losing too many players off this team. Yeah. Real quick, Kwame, I, like, what was your first reaction to that? Well, you got a chance when, uh, when they, I think it was a receiver, a hatchet, might have been hatchet. Locked it, Bumble, yeah. Had that great, oh, spectacular yeah. catch. Curse. Mm-hmm. You got a chance, so why why don't you blow that chance to try to pass the ball even more? You got my shot right there. I agree. Dumb, dumb play calling, Pete Carroll. You got what you deserve. I agree. Hey, we'll be back after uh, this quick little commercial. We'll be back. Listen to the Kwame Lasher Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Carmel Astro Sports Talk Show. Taking it back to the 80s right now. I know, 70s. right? Just a little, little <laughs> teaser. We are back. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots did something like that. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are, we're back. Demi Lachey, Dougie B. We got Kwame Lasseter here on the lines. We're talking Super Bowl, even though it's Black Monday, I feel like, or White Monday in some people's. Um, since what do you, what do you gotta look at me when you say? I didn't look on, at man. you. You're the only Come one. On. In like I ain't gonna. Hey, I ain't. Don't do that. Don't do that to me. We are back live. Well, we're finished up talking about the play, and you know, I, I don't want to dwell on this because you know we only got about an hour on the show, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But at the same time, uh, going back, uh, we were talking before the break. Going back to the play, Russell Wilson was taught, was caught, coached to put that ball in an area. And I know as a receiver, as Lockett, Doug Baldwin said it at the end of the game to a reporter came out on Twitter saying, you know, we were all shocked, basically, that Coach Pete Carroll called that play. Right. Even though as a player, you got to run the play. But I know in that situation, as a wide receiver, when you're on a one-yard line, if it's not like a fade route called and they call this type of pass play, I know I'm looking at the sideline like, you know, just right. in shock, like, what? I know as a receiver, because I've been there. I've been in that situation where, you know, you're moving the ball, beast mode just gets you to the one-yard line. You got the best running back in the NFL in football, and then they call a pass play. You kind of looking at the sideline like, it's 20 seconds left, Coach. What, what are you – why? Why? You know, why you know, put the ball you know, in the air? Guys, you know, just that play alone, and I was talking about the Super Bowl that happened yesterday. Big Super Bowls go down in history, not just for the game. Like, mm-hmm. Every Super Bowl goes down in history, but not just because the game, because – and congratulations to the Pats, uh, uh, the Patriots. But down in history, far one of the dumbest calls to have, according to your personnel that you have. You have personnel where there is nobody who can stop you three times, but one timeout to get one yard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been dumb, but not these teams today is not is not happening. And if you and, and then we make a great point. If I'm a pass ball, it's going to be a fade or a back shoulder throw. Mm-hmm. When New England passed the ball, they run that option route with Amendola or Emmerman. Right. And it works. Right. They, but they have patience. They had a gun. So he gives him one more second, which is, we know it's forever. And it works in the option route. Tom Brady missed through it the first time. Uh, they came right back to it and scored on it. But why you don't run that instead of a pick route? Who well, Brownlee did a great job. Congratulations to him not get the Super Bowl mm-hmm. um, last year when he was a suspended for the game. But then get coming back and winning it. This is the stuff I like to hear about. But down and going down in history, not for the game itself, but for the idiotic play that Pete Carroll is so brashly made because he wanna stick it to Belichick face. Belichick's mm-hmm. already a Hall of Fame coach. You you don't have to stick anything in his face. You say, Oh, I beat Belichick and I did it with a slant because I got Marshawn Lynch. I don't have to run him. I can beat you passing or throwing. <laughs> but you pass and then you fail. And that's that's all that did was set the program back. And we'll see. I think these guys will get back to the Super Bowl. But they're gonna have a different vengeance in how they play football now. So they may lose more games, but they in playoff time. I think the CLC also be back and play in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Do you see? Do you see them losing a lot of guys because they've got a lot, well, especially on that defense, free agency? Yeah, yeah, yeah they right. got about uh, seventeen. Uh, that's, 
guys. That all depends who, on yeah. the quarterback. How much he gets paid? How much yeah. he wants to get paid? Why would you want to? Why would you want Russell Wilson? Why would you want eighty trillion dollars and you have nobody over there to back you up? You know that whole team is predicated on how that mm-hmm. defense plays. You don't do what you do, Russell Wilson, if that defense don't play like they play. You play on the arena football field most of the time. Right. You play on. You play half fifty yards in most of the time. Mm-hmm. That's why it makes you look good. So don't take all the money where I can't get all the plays. Now, I know the NFL and how they do about business. I would I would not be surprised if he did because mm-hmm. that's the stuff you can't get back. Mm-hmm. And then you're not Russell Wilson that we all have seen and known because you don't have that weapons. Now you got to drive eighty yards down the field. How many times <laughs> do you do that? That's tough for even great. Offenses. Right. But what do you see with Marshawn? Is he going to stay or is he going to leave? Especially Marshawn after that leave. call. I would leave them. <laughs> I would. <laughs> totally disrespect. I would leave them. Yeah. Especially because. Marshawn can play anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go back to Buffalo. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, Buffalo would be legit with no, Marshawn back stop. there. Right. No. What? No. Yes. Been Look at no. what Buffalo is doing, and you put Marshawn back in there? stop? No. If I was the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> I'd say, let me give, I mean, some, two people got to go. I'm getting Marshawn. Yeah. But when they got their own financial problems with, with the, you know, Fitzgerald and Dockett and all mm-hmm. those guys, they have to pay, or they need to pay. They don't have to do anything that they need to pay coming up. They have their own issues. But there's, there's, there's about five teams that addition, Marshall addition goes to the great chance to go to the Super Bowl, definitely in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, <laughs> let's get off Seattle's back. A little bit. We we could come back to that because we we probably got all week to talk about it. But we got to give credit where credit is due. Let's right. give credit to the Patriots now. Now is their time. Yes. I'm I'm so sad. And, you know, all my friends was texting me back home like they lost bets, money. You know, oh I'm, I guarantee you, Vegas lost a lot. A lot of people were pretty upset. I should have taken my prediction. <laughs> you should have. But you know, got to give credit where credit is due. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, four Super Bowls, fourteen years. Yes. Unbelievable. Uh, Brady is, yes, greatest quarterback, greatest winning quarterback of all time in my eyes. I got to give credit where credit is due because I look at games and I look at the games that the Patriots are known for and the games that they win, especially against, you know, my Colts in Super Bowls. It's plays where Pete Carroll throws a ball game. It's plays where Javon Curtis makes a big play or the Patriots, you know, somehow, some way they'll get an interception off Javon Curse with him tipping the ball up in the air. It's plays like that where I'm like, really? Like, the Patriots, they were that close from losing it. And, you know, then Brady's the champion. But now I'm getting off the, uh, the hatred of the Patriots bandwagon. I'm looking at the greatness of Tom Brady. I mean, this guy going against the best defense in how the football game is played now in today's world with all the rules, the new rules, mm-hmm. the new schemes, and uh, the no-huddle offense. The Tom Brady rules. Yeah, and Seattle is that best defense that can handle these whole the whole new aspect of offensive ran by football games. Put the ball in Tom Brady's hands. You're down by 10 in the fourth quarter. You drive down the field twice, not only get a field goal, but you're getting touchdowns. Oh, yeah. And he's done it time after time after time. 328 yards. I'm going to tip my hat off finally to Tom Brady and call him, yes, he's better than Peyton Manning in this era. Congrats to Tom Brady. Like, y'all don't understand where I'm coming from because y'all ain't from Indianapolis. Y'all don't understand. That man is great. With an inflated ball. I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) I mean, that was greatness right there. Yeah. 
Got to tip my hat off to him. And, and with Brady, I mean, he, he did 328 yards. He had the two picks, but he still threw four, uh, four touchdowns, mm-hmm. two of them coming in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. when they really needed it. So, um, I mean, as far as the defense goes, he was able to set back up there and kind of pick the defense apart because just, they weren't doing it on like the ground. You said, just like you said. Yeah. You also mentioned you got to beat them by dump passes. Now, what really surprised me was the screen passing game. I mean, those screens was killing Seattle. Like the quick uh, dump screen to Vereen in the backfield. Right. Gronkowski outside. Edelman, uh, even though after Edelman took a shot, and I think he was concussed for the rest of the game. Um, he had except yaks. for that last route, except for that last touchdown. I mean, I was – you've seen it happen out. the first time, but the pass was a little bit yeah. off. That's squirrel route. But you got to go right back to it. Oh, yeah. And, and Pete I, Carroll, you got to go right back to yes. what's killing him. And, and I, love, I love that squirrel route. Especially mm-hmm. when I was playing tight end, mm-hmm. and I got that squirrel rock, mm-hmm. I loved it because you—I mean, ninety-nine percent of the time, you're going to get that either in that corner or the the linebacker, linebacker in my case, to bite on that inside. Mm-hmm. It's it, if the ball's there, it's it's a hundred percent every single time, and you saw that with Brady that first time he kind of got him in the end zone, threw it up a little bit high, yeah, came right back to it, same results. Mm-hmm. He had about a yard cushion from that DB every time. I guarantee you, Brady called that play. Maybe it was a signal call. It's a quick signal. I guarantee you Brady had that play call. Yeah. Russell Wilson, take notes. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, and Brady had to do that. He was one-dimensional that game because they only had a total of 63 yards on the ground. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so you put the, the difference. You put the, the, the game on Brady's shoulders. Look what he does. Take Marshawn out of the equation because I said this last <laughs> week. You take Marshawn out of the equation, which Pete Carroll did himself, mm-hmm. put it in Russell Wilson's hands, what happened? Mm-hmm. Threw the pick. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Russell's going to turn it over, and that's why I'm – if Marshawn leaves this season, next season, it's going to be a whole different Seattle def- uh, mm-hmm. offense. and get, uh, Just Russell mm-hmm. – I'm sorry, but Marshawn – I'm going to put it on record right now. Marshawn Lynch made <laughs> – Wilson. You just won't leave him alone, huh? You just won't no, leave the Seahawks alone. What I'm saying is, Marshawn Lynch made Wilson. You right, take Marshawn right. away, Wilson is not the quarterback he was this year. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Last two years. Yeah. Um, but give credit to the Patriots. Yeah, we'll get back to the Patriots. Kwame, how do you feel about, you know, the whole aspect of Brady, Belichick, number four, nothing new. Um, man, they, they do it again. They do it again I'm, I'm in the fourth quarter. There. I'm fine with their Super Bowl wins. Uh, how many they've been to? What was it, six? They've they won four. Yeah. Four to six. 2000, 2001, they won four Super Bowls. We, everybody know they had a dynasty Dynasty, and, and how to, what players they, they win with. Mm-hmm. Middle-round draft players. You know, they don't always have first rounds. Now, they had uh, Randy Moss on that team, and they couldn't win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the players they win with, it's a system. It's, it's, a, it's a system, but with a great quarterback. And when you talk about Everything Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were able to do, you're talking about a different era of football. When you Joe Montana, Roger Starback, and uh, Terry Bradshaw, all those guys, when the defense can touch you and beat you up, mm-hmm. that changes the game, and they were still able to do things Tom Brady was doing. So all, all Peyton Manning and Tom Brady did was complain about defensive back holding the receiver. So when the game was changed, and when you put more points up, that's when you get more ticket sales. Everybody's mm-hmm. coming to see offense play, put points on the board. That's why the rules are all favored into offensive uh, systems, off the offensive game. Right now, when when you have a defense that battle that like the Seattle Seahawks does, and for seventy five percent of the season the Arizona Cardinals do, 
that's when the game be that's when you have a team that has a chance to win Super Bowls. Right. I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They great they're a great duo. Uh probably number one with Chuck Knowles and Terry Bradshaw. Probably number one as far as the, the duo and what they've been able to accomplish. But you're not you're not just gonna uh say he's been able to do this uh without a game changing uh of football and where it was then to oppose where it is now. And they need to have a Tom Brady rule. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. Brady rule well he should have been <laughs> the past and do everything he's able to do. I I'm not taking away from the greatness, but you know, even even with the four Super Bowls and six appearances, three time MVP and Super Bowl MVP, Tom mm-hmm. Brady, there's a lot of stuff going on around them that might have some asterisks about it. You're not gonna be able to mm-hmm. take the Super Bowls away. You're not gonna take their Hall of Fame away. And I mean, when you got that many asterisks and that much conversation about controversial uh issues, mm-hmm. all they did was took them out of the first ballot to the second ballot. But It'd be crazy not to put Tom Brady and Bill Belichick first ballot mm-hmm. uh, Hall of Famers, even though you could easily do that with Barry Bonds, and Barry Bonds has a record. He's right. not been found guilty on anything, just speculation. You just hope he did it, but when you don't like somebody, mm-hmm. you look for everything bad about him. Same deal Barry with... Barry uh, not even in the Hall of Fame yet. Same deal with... Barry not even in the Hall of Fame yet. And he had nothing to do with... It was off the field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's off the field stuff. So whatever he's done in the field, his Hall of Fame never speak for himself. Uh-huh. Um, now, that's why Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, in my opinion, are still first by the Hall of Famers uh, for what they've been able to do. Yeah, absolutely. And same deal with Marvin Harrison. I mean, ever since this whole gun issue... He still hasn't been elected in the Hall of Fame, and I thought, you know, he was first ballot. But because of that gun issue and that whole incident, he still hasn't been voted into the Hall of Fame. He's been eligible for the past two years. And then 2015 just got selected, right, correct, or the induction committee. Like, they, some of the guys got selected. I don't know right. what it was, but Wait over the weekend. And, yeah. Yeah. The nomination. You also got, uh, while we're talking about the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Tim Brown. Oh, yes, yes yeah. Finally got in. I mean, they, they, you see how, you look at Tim Brown numbers, and you know, he's a Hall of Famer for the uh, Oakland Raiders, obviously. But when you look at the receivers that's in the game, and Tim Brown just now getting in, it's crazy. Right. So when, you, when you let the uh, media and the reporters pick and vote on that stuff, who has nothing to do with it, I know they get to see it up hand closer than most because they report on these stories. But, you let the players vote on Hall of Famer. The Hall of Fame look a lot different. Mm-hmm. It looks totally different. And then the Hall of Famers get to vote on who's coming in. But Andre Reid just got in last year. It took him forever to get in. How you got Jim Kelly in right. and James Lofton in, you didn't have Andre Reid in until last year. Mm-hmm. It, it's all it's all political. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when these guys get in, Tim Brown should have been in the Hall of Fame two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Now, looking over, over the back to the game, I guess you could say, uh, looking over... The whole game and aspect. Did the Patriots really win this Super Bowl? Or I look at it as Seattle, Pete Carroll blew it. Pete Carroll blew the Super Bowl victory. I don't no, think. The Patriots won a Super Bowl. You think so? The Patriots won because they did everything they could to take the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had the lead. So um, they had the lead. Tom Brady drives down, used up about four or five, mm-hmm. five minutes, and they took the lead 28 24. So they, it wasn't anything. Pete Carroll had his chance. He just lost it. He lost it on a bad call. But the Patriots did everything to win that game, and they was in position to win it. And and that's when Brady threw that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were up, not like they threw a touchdown and lost. So uh, to answer your question, from where I stand, is I think Patriots did everything to win that game more mm-hmm. so than Seattle lost the game and gave it to them. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I agree because at halftime it was tied up 14-all. So it's a brand-new ball game. Seattle comes up, scores 10 in the third quarter. Yeah. Nothing for New England. So, I mean, literally New England had to come back 14 points. Right. Shut out Seattle. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. we can look at the last call. It is what it is. But they still threw those 14 points up at the end of the game. Right. And we're not, I mean, you look at the, how much was that last drive? I mean, it was within a minute Brady came down mm-hmm. and just whap, whap. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. New England won that game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have your opinions. I have mine. No. But, I, don't get me yeah, wrong. Seattle I, I, blew it. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with New England winning that play because you get a play like that at the end of the game. I'm not taking none away from Malcolm Butler. That play was sealed the deal. Like that was a great football play. But at the same time, I feel as if you were by ten with Seattle in the fourth quarter. You just seen the play calling turn a little bit. They weren't as aggressive. That guy Chris Matthews, who came out of Foot Locker, I don't know. He just came on the field. This big specimen who yeah. ain't played. I guess he signed December six. He hasn't played it down. Get his first career catch in the first half. I mean, this guy was – he yep. had three catches, 100 yards in yeah. the first half and a touchdown. Where was this guy – You didn't. I didn't see him again until, like, the end of the fourth quarter when they took a shot with him before Javon Curse's play. And I'm like, man, this guy's been killing them all game. Where was he in the beginning of the fourth quarter? Like, Pete right. Carroll just – I don't know. Like, they got out by 10 and just got so relaxed. It was like, ah, oh, we can do anything. Our defense is going to stop. No, because Brady was finding ways to get downfield yep. – since the beginning of the ball game when Jeremy Lane had the interception. Brady was finding ways to get downfield the whole game. And I felt like Pete Carroll just took a step back with the offense and really stopped attacking. You never stop attacking. I, I mean, I got taught by that plenty of coaches. Right. Don't ever stop attacking, especially when you got the Patriots down by 10 in the fourth quarter. And what, Brady threw – he's throwing interceptions. I mean, he was trying to force the ball. It was times where Brady was trying to force plays. Right. And, you know, interceptions happen. You got to take advantage of that. Like, you don't mm-hmm. stop attacking. So, I've, I don't feel as if the Patriots, I think Pete Carroll, I mean, not just on that last plate. I mean, that pretty much showed the whole fourth quarter deal. But even throughout the whole fourth quarter, they stopped attacking. Right. Almost, it's almost like Carroll got too relaxed with the lead. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, a he, ten got, point, he got really a ten relaxed. Point lead against New England, you can't get relaxed. But, you know, we also talk about Carroll blowing, the, blowing the, uh, that call. We're sitting here. We still don't know if Marshawn would have gotten in the end zone. Right. One for five. That still has to play in your mind. Would he have gotten in the end zone still? Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come up in our last segment, finish up on today's show. You listen to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. That was probably like Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? 
Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are in our last segment on this Black White Monday. No, Doug, I'm not looking your way. Let's just see a depressing Monday. Yeah, it is pretty depressing. Everything's deflated, going back to normal. Uh, it was the high life for two weeks. I got to give a standing ovation. I mean, standing ovation applause to the city of Phoenix. They did a tremendous job overall. Um, the whole valley, I should say. Scottsdale, from Scottsdale to to Glendale, to downtown Phoenix, to South Chandler, Mesa. I mean, they all did an incredible job. Uh, even with the uh, waste management tour or tournament. Tournament. That PGA feature, tour. That uh, Tiger Woods attended, I guess you could say. I'm not going to say left he early. played. Yeah. He left that early. That he attended. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I think that whole thing was a, it was a big mockery. I mean, I, I didn't I, – only way Tiger was ever came to Phoenix was because the Super Bowl was here. He wanted to be a part of the big crowd. He wanted to throw his name back in there. Yeah. You could tell he wasn't ready to play. No, he, he wasn't. wasn't. And, and he he came out and tried to make excuses. Yeah, I'm not really re- ready mentally, but physically, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, we knew you were here physically. You can swing right. the, swing your uh, club and hit the ball really far. You know, you do your Tiger Woods thing, but come on, you weren't ready to play in no, no. tournament, and it was obvious. I mean, that, that was just his whole agent, you know, trying to keep his name relevant. And it, it, it tarnished his game even more. And now I'm just at that point. I'm like, Tiger, you're yeah. done. You, it, this is what, his worst score in a PGA in a tournament ever? Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. His worst coming out party. It was, just get I ready think for he was the senior just, tour. Yeah. <laughs> just, just prepare for the senior tour, Tiger. Give you a few years. <laughs> yeah, you get, to, you get to see Jack in that. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean that was just. I mean, it, it added it added to the flavor of the city. You know, it was oh, yeah. a great deal. He bought uh, he was three hundred thousand fans with him, with just mm. him. But I mean, it was just like Katy Perry at halftime. It was just like, come on, you you're just doing it because because of the name. And if, like, I wasn't really sold on Tiger Woods. I wasn't sold on Katy Perry's halftime what? performance. The halftime show. Was I legit. respect. I love Katy Perry. Yes, the, her her outfits. Yes, I agree. But the whole deal, a fire, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. floating around in the stadium. Right. I agree. Like, I love. Ooh. I like Katy Perry. But to have Lenny Kravitz, Missy Elliott, but man, come on, 
I'm glad to see Missy Elliott. She, you know, she looked like she lost a lot of weight. I'm glad to see she, she got performed. beach body. Yeah, I mean, she she got a little ill. She got a little sick, and I'm glad to see her still performing. Yeah. But come on, no, but you know, last year, I mean, I think it topped it for quite some. You went from Beyonce, Bruno Mars. I mean, they killed Super Bowl halftime. They brought it back because at first it was yeah. pretty dead for quite some time. With Beyonce, ever since the Janet Jackson, <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Uh, yeah, you got Beyonce, Bruno Mars back to back, and then Katy Perry. I mean, she did her thing. She did. And she's not a big performer, like dancing wise. She has great music, great hits, has a huge fan base on Twitter. I think it's whoever has the most Twitters gets, whoever has the most followers get to yeah. perform during halftime. You know, and they don't get paid for that at all. The performers oh, really? do not get paid for, and mm-hmm. so. Um, but I wanted I want to break up. We're, we're it's Super Bowl Monday, the yeah. day after. But some other uh, other NFL news is Johnny Manziel oh, checks yes. into rehab. Breaking news from Breaking this morning. News. But he checked in on Wednesday. Yeah, we got. We call after back. the Super we Bowl. We got me back on the line. I know he. I know he couldn't wait to see that bulletin. Maybe that made his Monday morning a little bit that more special. Kwame, your man has finally. Yeah, I call him your man because that's your boy. He has finally got himself into a rehab, and you know, Johnny talking about Manziel. he's going to get himself <laughs> to go. Go ahead, I'll let he, you take it from here. He just lost the uh, he he attention. He had a bit of spotlight. His representation is garbage. His uh, <laughs> his marketing is great, Johnny. What his his, rep- his representation is garbage. He marketing himself, but <laughs> what that's to cover up the, the nonsense that he does. He uh. Doug said he checked in on Wednesday. He probably signed his name and told him, well, I'm going to sign up Wednesday. But he didn't probably go into after all the Super Bowl fiascos and festivities and everything that went on mm-hmm. because he's not going to miss an opportunity to have a good time and have some fun. Uh, but you see Johnny Manziel mm-hmm. now in rehab, uh, which is great. And I applaud him for being able to go in there and do that. Hopefully he stick to it. But we shall see. According to his track record, we can we shall see mm-hmm. if he's serious anything about his NFL career and rehab. Uh, checking into rehab is the best way to go for him and see if he can actually play in this game. Uh, they call the NFL. But Johnny Manziel, look at uh, his teammate Josh Gordon and don't want to blow opportunities like that because Josh Gordon, uh, as talented he is, I would I would never put him on my team he, again until he gets some serious help. But by that time, mm-hmm. two years out of the league. You're not, you're not going to be any more good. There's only one person, in my opinion, that I think can stay two years out of the league and come back and ne- never miss a beat, and that's Randy Moss. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. You know, so, some of the sources, like you were saying, Johnny Menzel is probably a part of some type of NFL experience or NFL uh, party. Something going, yeah, party mm-hmm. issue, some deal going on out here during Super Bowl time. That news should have came out Wednesday when he checked in, but it's not <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah. And it was sources that said that a, a casino in Las Vegas offered Menzel six figures to host a Super Bowl party, but he declined. Yeah, but yeah. probably because he had a six-figure deal out here in Phoenix yeah. that no one, you know, no one knew about. Unless you know, you're boy, part boy, of his. Drake was at the W, so he probably was out here. Come on, yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. You got Drake Gronk. That's his, that's his crew. That's the yeah. crew he rolled with. So come on, both of them in one yeah. city. He's gonna yeah. come. But now, now is it a rehab? For substance abuse, or is it a rehab to become a better quarterback? <laughs> oh, it's shoot. a rehab, uh, <laughs> supposedly, for substance abuse, but it, it's a rehab to show him doing something positive for getting him, making himself better, getting himself better. I, I don't think, I think it's just for show. It's like Hollywood, man. 
It's everything for show, and when people see it, it's oh, you're doing well. But you go out with that person, and they drink it right with you. You know how one drink leads to two drink, mm-hmm. two drinks mm-hmm. leads to uh, some recreational drug, and then next thing you know, you don't lost your mind, you don't flip. Yeah, ask uh, Brandon Irvin that the linebacker for the <laughs> yeah. for the Seahawks last night. Whew. Talking about losing your mind. Great game yeah. comes down to you know you see that fighting, but oh. I mean back to Menzel. Yeah, like Hollywood. Fun. What'd you say? That was silly. That fighting at the end, that was silly. Yeah. yeah. And then I, they talk I saw, about... I saw Gronk, Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Wrong I looked at it. If I was Gronk, I would have did the same thing. Oh, yeah. Somebody just took a, somebody took a shot at him. Oh, he just yeah. slapped him upside the helmet. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad Gronk didn't continue on because Gronk, could've, right. he could have. It could have been way worse after, what was it, Michael Bennett tried to tackle down uh, Gronk, and it could have got worse. Cause, somebody you know, could have got hurt in that mm-hmm. game and been, and been the whole offseason rehab and whatever injury that could have happened. Who they should have been fighting was the offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they should. Uh, that's that's who Bruce Irvin wanted to fight. Everyone's seen right. it. That whole defense wanted to fight Pete Carroll, but they can't. Nope. <laughs> nope. They can't. They, They'll they be out the NFL. I will taste them out this whole offseason. I bet you don't see a lot of guys in the offseason workout just because of that. Ooh, Kwame, you hit a good note because, Doug, you brought it up. 17 guys are on the free agent list or, you know, could sign back, can sign with someone else, including Marshawn Lynch. But you hit a good note, man. To that point, do you think just that one play, the the worst play call ever, you think that 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 harnesses as a team for the whole coming up offseason? And – that can dwell on, you know, do you have your trust in Pete Carroll anymore? Because I, I feel like the yeah, same thing that happened with yeah. uh, with Harbaugh out there in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. A play- one play, mm-hmm. possibly, and we won't know until next year, and we won't know until the end of next year, that one play possibly destroyed the Seattle Seahawks, whatever dynasty they could have had. Now, having a dynasty don't mean you got to win every game because the, the, the New England Patriots, in my opinion, has a dynasty because – how often they get to the Super Bowl, how often they win the AFC championship. Uh, that one play for Seattle Seahawks possibly could have ruined that. Now, they're not a dynasty, the Seattle Seahawks. They're not a dynasty by even by far, not even close to it. But how we know how they're going to look in the next six or seven years if they go to multiple Super Bowls and probably win half of those. How we know, and that's predicated on Russell Wilson saying, you know what, give me a great deal. We'll make it friendly, make it cap friendly, and let's sign half of these guys back who means what they mean to the team at their chosen position. Mm-hmm. That one player alone with 17 guys free agency and, and a great number of them being key players could have destroyed the Seattle Seahawks as we know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's going to be some funny you know, personalities coming in the locker room now Ooh. after this – Super, after this play call, I'm not yeah. going to say the game itself because the boys, mm-hmm. they, they fought hard. It was a hard-playing game. But, yeah, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll you're going to be getting some, some looks you ain't never seen before from some guys. And, and now it, it's either you re, you know you rebound off this, you rebuild, you continue what you started two years ago, or it's a whole new chapter, a whole and, new story being written. And who you bring in to replace tough, Lynch? Man. It's going to be real tough. It's like uh, – it's like you and your girl break up over something real, real strange, but then y'all get back together, but y'all can't forget why y- y'all can't mm-hmm. let yep. the reason y'all broke up <laughs> leave the leave the memory bank. So it's still that edge thing, mm-hmm. and it's it, and it's like that. What the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is not an angel or a saint by far. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of things that 
we talk about Belichick doing that borderline, that sense of integrity. Uh, Pete Carroll's done some things at USC, and that's why he's not at USC now. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he fell into the right situation with the Seattle Seahawks, but he was just that that brash. You got to have that confidence. I heard one thing, um, and then I let Doug speak on it. But I heard one thing uh, that made a lot of sense to me, and that's why I say that one play could have single-handedly destroyed what franchise or, or dynasty they possibly could have led to. That monster that Pete Carroll created on that defense would be the same monster to possibly eat him up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and sometime in the near future. Mm-hmm. And it started with that brawl. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That started it. But look at look at we talk about Carroll and the players coming back for him. But you also got to look at Carroll wasn't playing or calling the offense the whole game either. You have Bevel as nah, your offense coordinator. So mm-hmm. that's got to play a part in some of those players if they're going to come back to Bevel. Because well, he, they know he's how gone he is. though, right? No, no, the defense oh, coordinator's okay, gone. Okay, okay, yeah, the defense coordinator okay. uh, left. So you still got Bevel. Mm-hmm. So you have your head coach, where you can ignore if you're an offensive player because uh, you, you can contest being a receiver. Mm-hmm. Who's your main guy? Is going to be Bevel because he's the one playing, mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, making the plays, making those calls for you. Carroll's kind of the sidekick of it. Now mm-hmm. he probably agreed to that play at the end, and probably. Pissed a lot of those guys off, mm-hmm. but I'm still coming back. Bevel is my coach. He is my coach. He is the one that's going right. to give me the uh, plays to run during the game. So it'll be interesting to see just overall with the free and see how many people come back. And I, Marshawn, I, I really believe, is going to be gone. And if he's gone, who do you bring in to run the ball? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they you just try to justify. Uh, and uh, another one of my opinions, and not conspiracies, because I love conspiracies. Um, Oh, I didn't try to justify letting Golden Tate go. You should have never let him go, for one. No. Because you got a ball and hatchet, lock it. Mm. You got uh, a receiving core that's average at best. But they made some they made some plays here and, and there. Um, but Golden Tate could have been your go-to guy, and that would open up a great deal of Lockett had a great year. Mm-hmm. Lockett had a great year, in my opinion. Um, you got hatchet and bowling. You just try to justify of letting Golden Tate go and not wanting to pay Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got another guy named Chris Matthews came out of nowhere once again. Shout out to Chris. Oh yeah, Matthews. yeah, Chris Matthews. That specimen yeah. came out from Foot Locker. Yep. You know, he, he, what? Where has he been? I know he got signed December six, but yep. my goodness, that was Diamonds that was a rough. secret. Diamonds <laughs> rough, man. That was a secret. Yeah. And then I feel bad for Jeremy Lane too. It intercepts that ball and then, oh yeah, oh yeah, because he changed Wait, the ball game because he broke his arm, right? Yep. Yeah. That was, that was unfortunate. That was a nasty break. So that's unfortunate. Um, uh, but, well, you know what? All he did was set the tone. That's the type of player they have. Mm-hmm. He'll take that broken arm. I would bet anything that he would take that broken arm because of how he set the stage for mm-hmm. the Seattle Seahawks and not allowing the Patriots to score on that first drive. Mm-hmm. I will guarantee i take a broken arm. i say, yeah, bring my arm and I can stop them from scoring and I mm-hmm. get an interception in the process. And my team leads go on to win, go on to victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I take that book on all day. And this is the same guy day. that started all the trash talk yep. and talking about Grunk. And then after he got a injured, they brought in that Simon guy who was yep. just getting eaten up yep. on his side of the field. Well, hey, it's Monday. NFL's over. But, hey, we have National NFL Signing NFL. Day Wednesday, <laughs> and we have Arena Football. <laughs> so football's still going to be here. Yeah. Hey, Demi Lachey, Kwame Lasseter, Dougie B., Unfortunately, we are out of time. We'll be back here tomorrow live in studio. We got so much more to talk about all week and Johnny Menzel's rehab. Of course, we're going to hear about that all week as well. 
Thank you for tuning in. You listen to Qua- to the Kwame Laster Sports Talk Show. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll see. You. A- we'll hear from you tomorrow. Have a great Monday. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.